Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to viahemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast episode, very excited about this uh-huh. guest. Alyssa Amoroso is a podcaster. Uh, She's also, you know, obsessed with pop culture like I am. And she is the host of a podcast called Tea with Publicity. I love the play on words. But she actually also has a great story of careers, highs and lows. And you may have seen her. She was with Barstool Sports for a long time, about a year and a half. I think that's a long time. Um, And she just recently exited. So Alyssa is talking about following your intuition, your career, positive body image. She's on her own mindful eating journey. And then also we get to throw in some of our favorite reality shows. So if you haven't been turned on to this awesome podcaster, here's Alyssa. I am so excited about having you on, Alyssa, because I got turned on to you from our love of Andrea Lopez. Like, Andrea Lopez, I know. Can we talk about Andrea Lopez (laughs) for a minute? She's so great. (laughs) We went out to dinner last week or the week before, and when the bill came, she was like, my treat. And I'm like, what am I? Like, um, 
I felt like I was on a date with her. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And she was like, we're celebrating you. I'm like, you are such a good like girlfriend. Like who does that? Well, just wait. She is like one of the most generous human beings. Just genuinely kind and, you know, roots for you and everything. So I'm so glad she's come into your life too. Cause I, yeah, she's, so sweet. she's one of my great friends. Um, by the way, how did you find, how did you, when did you first hear Andrea's, because I'm assuming you must have heard that famous Kourtney Kardashian yeah. impression. When did you first see or hear I about mean, Andrea? I'm trying to think like how and why we connected. I maybe, oh, I think I saw her Kourtney Kardashian impressions blowing up. And you know, when you like see someone and they're funny, so you click their profile and it says follow back. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, the Kourtney Kardashian girl follows me. <laughs> so it was like one of those funny things. She loves you. She would. Uh, we listened to your podcast like back in the day, you know, because Andrea and I met because I had a podcast show in D.C. She'd move back to help out her parents. She just cold emailed me and she's like, I just left Syracuse. I left a radio station. I used to listen to your radio show in high school. Could I come and intern for you? Like she literally started as an intern. I didn't even know she could do one fucking impression. Wow. She came in. I was like, we fell in love like the first day. She was like one of the hardest working people that I ever worked with. And then she's like, oh, by the way, I do these impressions. And I'm like, okay, you cannot, like, you're only going to be an intern here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is like, why are you here? You should be impressioning. But anyway, we were like dear friends. She was impression, doing impressions and and helping me and working for me for like three years. And then everything like popped off. So it's, it's great. I love that. But anyway, we listened to your publicity podcast for years and then now you're here and I am so yes. excited to share you with the Sarah Fraser show listeners. So Oh my god, thank you. Okay, I, let's start at the beginning. You started yes. your career as a publicist. Yes, so I'm 31. I feel like most of the people that I see now like coming up in the industry are like 24 so they don't have that much of like a journey to share but my journey has been like long it's been about 10 years at this point so I've had so many like ins and outs of my careers and different paths and it's just like crazy I can go on forever but yes I started um I started as a publicist in 2013 and I was like one of those crazy people in college who had 9 million internships. Like I literally had nine internships in college. And by the time I graduated, I really wanted to work in entertainment. So I became an entertainment publicist. And then I did that for, I was an entertainment publicist for like a year and then I got out of there and then I went to another place and I was there and I worked with like rappers and athletes and (laughs) did events and then I left that and then I went to the consumer side of PR because I was like, okay, it's cool that I'm like with rappers, but I'm not making any money and it looks cooler than it actually is. Oh, I feel like that was radio to some extent like it, you were always yeah. like at meeting like doing a meet and greet with Rihanna but it was like I've been up since 3 30 in the morning yes. I'm hanging on by a thread like at this point I like I wish Rihanna well but I don't even care like I just want to go home like <laughs> yes it's like pe- people would see my Instagram back in like 2014 and I'm posting at like an event with Beyonce and Jay-Z but like what people don't know is that I'm working the door like I'm the girl with the clipboard in the black outfit at the door like denying people and letting them in and it's like I've always had this concept like I'm gonna write a book one day and I'm like I want to make a concept like door girl (laughs) like (laughs) your life looks like fabulous to like the public but meanwhile it's like 30 in New York and you're like shivering (laughs) 
Oh my God. What was, okay. What was the biggest takeaway of being a publicist? Like, obviously you got to work with great celebrities and was it like, don't treat people around you like shit. Like did all the celebrities Mm. like treat people like shit? It wasn't actually even the celebrities. It was like the women I worked with, which is like really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I actually never worked with men in my life until this past year, which I was 31 or 30 years old when I first worked with a man that wasn't gay. Um, wow. I always worked with women and like, it was truly the devil wears Prada. Mm-hmm. You're kidding. So, yeah. so none of them were so like, wow. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I'm saying it's so deadpan. You're like, are you serious? Well, you must've been so traumatized. Like, I mean, I'm, that's- I think it almost gave me, I think it shaped who I am as a worker, but it also made me maybe a different type of worker. Like even when I started, working again this past year at a company I was very much in the mindset of like don't ask questions just do it like you can't you can't um ask anyone you have to be a self-starter you need to be resourceful like I never rely on other people because I'm I was like it was hammered into my head if you asked one question they would like belittle you so I almost work so independently of anything it's made me such like it's made me Wow. Really, really resilient. Like, really resilient. Okay, so tell us, like, the trajectory of your career. So you start out, you're a publicist. You're, like, working events where Jay-Z and Beyonce are at and other rappers. Okay, then you leave that industry. I mean, at some point, right, you become, you're, you like, contributing for Allure magazine. You're becoming your own influencer, right? Like, yeah. And then you end up launching your podcast. But how long were you, like, working for other women? So I, um, okay, so I always had some kind of blog, like just always. I don't know. I'm a really creative person. I always had some kind of outlet. Like in college, I wrote for College Fashionista. So I would go like on campus and take pictures of people in their fashion and, and write columns about what people are wearing on campus. And then I launched a blog called Alyssa PR, where I gave people tips on how to land an internship and what to wear and what to pack in your bag. And like, I just always had something. I had a million websites all the time. When I started working in PR, I was too busy. That kind of fell to the wayside. And I would post like cool shit on Instagram, but it was literally just like me with athletes. It wasn't anything influencery. I wasn't like giving product recommendations. And then I switched. uh, My first jobs were in entertainment, my first two jobs. And then I switched to consumer PR. And then that's when like everything shifted in the industry and in my life. It's when it's when a brand started tapping influencers and not just for gifting, uh. we started paying influencers. So I was on the PR side hiring influencers for $40,000, $50,000 campaigns. And I was like, what the heck? I did this in college. Like, why am I not doing this anymore? So I started a brand, one business-minded and two, um, I needed a hobby. I was like, I need something outside of work to do. Okay. So I started while I was in PR. All right. And so what, cause you, you like really became like, I knew you too, even like before, I mean, you'd had the podcast, but really like your Instagram following, right? So, I mean, you kind of rode that huge Instagram wave of getting like thousands of followers from post, you know, from posting your influencer life. So when did, like, what year did you start really like utilizing like Instagram? So it was 2000. 15 or 16 is when I launched publicity. Okay. 
Got um, it. So I was in PR. I looked at my friend one day and I was like, I'm going to launch a blog. And she was like, okay. The next day I had the domain, like publicity.com. And um, I just started. I don't. It was so interesting because I don't know what clicked inside of me, but from the moment I started, I never stopped. And even though I wasn't like making money off of it, I was so consistent. Like I don't know what in me even drove me to do that when I wasn't making money, but I think I saw the earning potential. Whereas a lot of people start blogs back in the day, not anymore, but they start it and they're like, I didn't even mean to get followers. I was just talking about what I loved and they came to me. It's like, no, I strategically <laughs> like, I out want, I want followers. Money. <laughs> yes. Thank you, girl. Yes. I mean, that's a, like I started my podcast. My podcast is going on. It'll be like six years. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like the whole time I'm like, I'm going to make money off this shit. Like, I don't want to do this of for free. Yeah. But at the same time, I would say now, like in hindsight, all these years later, like I love my community so much that I would do it for free. But back then I didn't have a community. I didn't care. Yeah. Like I, it was just also my community in recent years is very different than my community in 2016 because then it was pretty curated pictures on Instagram. It wasn't until TikTok really launched and people got to know me better, but we still have years until I even get there. So just long story short, launched the blog, start getting paid partnerships, while I'm still working in PR for two years. So I had two jobs going for two years because I wasn't making enough off Instagram to like quit my job in PR yet. Got it. So when I reached about 100,000 followers on Instagram and I had like $20,000 saved, I quit my job. And, and became full-time influencer. Full-time influencer. And that's where I launched my OG podcast called The Publicity Podcast. And I started selling merch. Um, so that I did for about two years. And then during the pandemic, I was like feeling like talking about pop culture wasn't really fulfilling me because I was just like, you know, I was on this like spiritual journey. The world was shut down. I was like, what the heck is happening? And why am I talking about like Khloe Kardashian when I'm like struggling right now? So I stopped the podcast. I halted it. And at that time, I was kind of gain- gaining some traction on TikTok for talking about mid-sized fashion and just sharing my day and sharing my family. And so I um, pitched a bar- like a podcast concept to Dave Portnoy. And then that's when I got um, my most recent job at Barstool. And that's where I rebranded to Tea with Publicity. And that's where I made that shift from just pop culture to now I talk about pop culture, but I do it in a segment versus it leading the entire show. I love that story for people that don't know this. I mean, you literally just like slid in Dave's DMs, right? And I mean, Mm -hmm. you essentially said, I I loved the start line, but it was like, you know, hear me out. I Mm -hmm. want, you know, I want to pitch to you kind of this real podcast about your body image and like just everything that was going on with you personally, which was something that was so different from Barstool. When you messaged Dave, I mean, did you know anyone at Barstool before? Had you ever interacted with them Not really, but like I just had, I was feeling really spiritual, which is so weird because before. I want to ask you about this too. I love your pandemic. Yeah, I wasn't that spiritual necessarily. Okay. I was having this like midlife crisis where I was, it was in a pandemic. I was turning 30. I was moving into an apartment for the first time ever in my life. So I saw a psychic and I really started being open, not even a psychic, like a medium. 
who I really trusted because it came through a friend who had lost someone and like she really had gotten great signs. And I was just getting really open to this like notion that there's like spirits and they're around us in the universe and this and that. And I started becoming this like woo-woo girl, which I still am. And I went to the psych. I went to the medium. And, you know, after he told – after I talked to all the dead people, <laughs> he was like, I connected with all my dead relatives, like everyone dead. And then, okay, okay. After I connected with all my guardian angels, <laughs> I, um, he said something to me. He was like, something is like blowing up in your career right now. And it's – I was going viral on TikTok and I gained like 250,000 followers overnight. Wow. And he was like, something's blowing up and like it's just at the – like it's coming to a climax and like it hasn't even burst yet. Like something really big is on the horizon. And he was like, I feel it. Like I can't even like explain it to you. Like I just like I feel this thing is coming. And like it was like two weeks later where I was sitting on my couch right here behind me and I was like, I'm just going to pitch Dave. Like I don't know why and I just knew he would answer. Like I had this like divine ah! like, like, this feeling. Like I was like, he's going to answer because I'm right. Like, my pitch makes sense, and it's strong, and he's going to know I'm right, because I am. Like, and I literally said, like, you don't have anyone like me on your network, blah, blah, blah. The the thing that I want to preface this with for your listeners that don't know me is I'm not with Barstool anymore. Um, I think... I think I don't want that to like define my career because it was only a year and a half of this like 10 year career. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get really hung up on my time there. But for me, it did what I needed it to do for me. I don't know if it did what they needed it to do for them because (laughs) I was really only there for a year and a half. But for me, like it helped me really grow my audience. It It helped me build like my community, the tea tribe do some live shows and I'm just like thankful for that time. And now I feel like I'm on to my next thing where yeah. I'm having my next <laughs> spiritual awakening. <laughs> on to the next. I know. I mean, it was, it was so, it was huge that you were picked up. I mean, it was like, that was a big thing. And I want, you know, how were the bar stool? Cause you know, the stoolies are like a whole thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, were they immediately welcoming? Were they like, well, who's this chick? I mean, you know, and it was hard because you were not a sports you know, it, it's hard. that is sort of their cornerstone thing is sports, you know? So it's like yeah. you came in, um, you know, you have your own brand, your own show. But how did the stoolies accept you? Were they like, all right, we're down? Um, I don't think they did. Okay. <laughs> I don't – I had to – you know, I, I have my Twitter notifications muted. I don't read Reddit. I would blog sometimes and then I would have to – delete it because you know people would be saying how ugly and fat and disgusting I am and like I'm just like I couldn't for me it's like out of sight out of mind so I just didn't look I didn't have any notifications on for anything so for me I've been living like this gorgeous life of bliss where it doesn't matter because really what I set out to do there which I accomplished was to have a female audience so I knew like I couldn't let these like men in the middle of nowhere like stop me from moving forward. So what I did was like my audience is 90% women. Yeah. So that's what I did. And the women see me, know me, relate to me. And like they're lovely, like so lovely. So it was more just like I don't know if – I think that's maybe what didn't mix because I wasn't like 
talking about like sex and and salacious things but that's I mean it's fine like yeah I, I mean I wasn't trying to reach those people right right you were trying you know you were being you they were trying something new and yes. you know yeah I mean you know you have to try different things and I think it was such a great pivot for you to do it because uh, why not you know I mean see if it works see if it's stuck yeah. and well so what was for you the biggest takeaway of working there like what because I do think like I love looking back at all the work experience I'm like oh my god and it all makes sense like it all kind of makes you ready for the next step ready and ready you Mm -hmm. know so what do you think some of the biggest lessons were that you took away from your time at Barstool um I think I'll never work for someone else again in my life which I kind and that's not even any shade to them I know I said going in before I worked there I was like I will never work for someone else I'm in I'm like a born entrepreneur yeah. and I knew that I knew against my own like integrity and gut that it was like a really like big risk for me, but it was one I was willing to take knowing it would help me and it did. So like, I don't regret it. I think it was amazing. I like, I loved my coworkers. Um, I had nothing but good things to say, but I just think my life, I'm the kind of person through anything in life like all my experiences even the awful PR things like I kind of learn the hard way sometimes I like to take risks like I'm really yeah. really big risk taker I love trying things new I love switching things up and I think the lesson is just keep evolving like I just yeah. don't think you should ever be complacent and just always keep reaching for the next thing like I knew in going there I was only going to go two years I knew it was very much a stepping stone for me I I knew I wasn't a lifer you know like I was like okay I'll do this for two years and then I'll I'll continue on with my life but it it's perfect and now I'm doing I feel like I'm back at that place that I was in like 2020 where all these like signs and things are coming to me and I feel like I'm in such a great career place and like I'm reaching the next level even more so I'm like just excited like I I like the journey um and by the way like if people want to hear the full story you do this really great podcast that was out like two weeks ago maybe a little longer oh Um, yes all about really kind of what happened. You go into great detail. I mean, it's really what you're saying here, but you yeah. know, you kind of talk more about the evolution and, and you know, some of the restrictions that were there. I think all of us, anybody that's worked for a big company knows there's so many things you can't do, you know, when you're mm-hmm. there, you can't do certain things, can't post about things. So, you know, people should listen to that because it's, it's great. And I could just relate Thank so you. much as someone that worked for iHeartRadio and just felt so stifled at times and like, oh, I, I just want to work for myself and and be able to who ha, you know have on any guest I want and do everything and not that I'm saying that was your situation but anyway you did a great podcast about that thank you thank you so now wait can you keep the name T with publicity or did Barstool own that and you're rebranding they were supposed to um but they gave it to me which is very nice so oh. I'm keeping the name um I'm keeping everything everything's mine which is fantastic I think Part, part of that is my name's in the name. So no one else could st- fill the shoes of publicity because it has my nickname in the name. Um, but also, you know, it was it was mutual. Like we really just both felt like it just wasn't working. And so I keep everything, which is amazing. The podcast hasn't missed a beat. I am now doing a lot of, I mean, I was doing most of this when I was there, but like I am 
the producer, the video editor, the audio editor. I do the social clips. I run my finances. I do my marketing. I get my own guests. I do my merch. Like I am like a one woman show. And um, I'm so fortunate because I have some really like great opportunities coming. And now I'll be able to, I'm, I'm, I'm in this amazing place right now where before I felt like I was chasing down managers and I was chasing down people and now things are coming to me. And first of all, it feels nice, but also it's a lot of decisions to be made. So I'm trying to decide, um, will I sign with another network? Will I keep things in house and just create my own like women's brand? I don't know. I don't know what the answers are, but I'm really just like, I'm really trying to be chill about things and I think I'm doing like an okay job yeah I think that I mean sounds like you're really knowing yourself and who you are and what you want which is like where we all strive to be you know so that's a good place just uh, years years of therapy <laughs> <laughs> therapy and some psychic some medium yeah that helps oh my um, god all right well I want to switch gears because you you have done a lot of personal work and I love oh, yeah. hearing about your what you do to manifest things and then also your own body image issues so mm-hmm. you know I was telling you before we started I lost 60 pounds like mindful eating and when you were talking about comments from the stoolies I mean you know working in DC for years on radio and then TV people would write to me the craziest stuff. I mean, they'd just be like, look, you'd be so much hotter if you lost 20 pounds. They'd be like, you know, I didn't realize that they would put Santa Claus. Like I wore this like big belt one time and some guy wrote to me and he was like, I didn't realize they put like Santa Claus on TV like in June or something. (laughs) Anyway, I would be so devastated by these. I was like, how am I going to continue to work in the entertainment business? Because people are always going to have comments about you, your weight, Mm -hmm. your age, everything. So I ended up finding this mindful eating therapist that was all about giving up dieting and, you know, Mm -hmm. working on yourself. She totally changed my life. So I'm curious, did you always have like great self-esteem? Did you, and I struggled with my weight since I was like five years old. So tell me about your mindful eating journey and mindfulness. I think my story is so different than most people because most people are like, I was like a chubby kid and then I was um, like lost all this weight. Mine was the opposite. I was like this um, like confident, cute kid who then put on weight later in life and like, Uh, Some of that was because I had intolerances and allergies and stuff I was unaware of. Some of it was like I got into like this weird like depression for a year, which I'd never Mm. had depression in my life. And like to this day, I still don't even know like why or what. Like I don't know if it was like my environment or it was just bizarre. But like I I, that had happened, like all of these weird things. And then I – The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delaney Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of 
are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Quick pause to thank a few of our sponsors. Hello, ZocDoc. I love me some ZocDoc. Have you heard of the free app that helps you find all kinds of doctors in your area, some with appointments as soon as today? ZocDoc is pretty incredible. Quality doctors, well, no one knows what they're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said enough. And then they made booking a doctor doctor surprisingly pain-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your assurance, and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com TSFS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Please use my code. I've been using ZocDoc. I had a listener, Katie. She emailed me in Virginia. She just found a doctor for herself. You can find any doctor from a pediatrician, podiatrist, 
whatever you need. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash T-S-F-S. ZocDoc.com slash T-S-F-S. I've been using them. I found doctors here in LA. They are nationwide, and you're going to love how easy it is. So use my code ZocDoc.com slash T-S-F-S. Dame! We all need some hot sex toys in our life. Why not Dame? Love me some Dame. They're absolutely amazing, and you guys are loving their products. If you haven't heard of them, take a moment today. Go to dameproducts.com. Use my code TSFS for 15% off your order. Dame products are designed its hand-free toy, Ava, which is specifically for couples. Nestles close to the body and stays with you with just a finger. So you can use it on your partner, focus on intimacy. It's designed to enhance and not distract from pleasure. Ava is your sex life's new best friend. Not only that, they have amazing products that you are going to love. Go and explore Dame products and use my my code TSFS, dameproducts.com. Use code TSFS at checkout to get 15% off your order. StoryWorth. Oh my God, I love this company. Talk about preserving great memories. I always want to call them StoryWorthy, but it is, it, I mean, your stories are worthy. So I've got something there, but it's story worth. Father's Day is around the corner. How about giving your dad a terrific gift or the father figure in your life that you can connect and share Mary, and share memories? Let's not get married. Let's share memories. <laughs> For years to come. StoryWorth emails your dad a thought-provoking question every single week and then asks for a prompt to answer that question. So like, what's one of your fondest childhood memories or what was something you feared in your life? And then after a year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. Hello, love that. Um, my father passed away when I was in high school, so I never got the chance to do something like this. But life is fragile. And take moments like this, collect them so you, your kids for generations have it to come. Give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. Story worth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash TSFS. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash TSFS to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash TSFS just had developed such a weird relationship with food from doing so many crash diets. Like, you know, I went on Atkins and lost 20 pounds. And then Atkins literally gave me like stomach ulcers because you're not having carbs or anything to digest these fatty foods that you're eating. And I would have like caffeine on an empty stomach. And then literally ever since I went on Atkins, I've had like an acid reflux problem. Like it literally messed up my system. So like, those of you that are doing like keto and Atkins and think it's like the end all be all, like there are health risks involved. And, and then I did like Noom, which was like the calorie counting app. And now I look at everything in calories. So I'll like look at an egg and be like, that's 80 calories. I'll look at a piece of cheese and be like, that's 120. And it just was this, it's this toxic cycle that I'm still battling today where because I did so many restrictive diets, I'm really trying to do what you did, which is to find peace. So I'm not being restrictive. Um, so yeah, it's, it's evolving. Like I would say I'm not the most confident I've ever been in with my, like the way I look, but I'm try every day to like combat that and just be happy. Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, yeah, 
I for years, every day, like all I did was get up and think about calories in and calories out and when I was going to work out. And if I didn't have an hour to work out, it wasn't enough. And oh, my God, I mean, I can relate. And I know so many women listening to this episode, Ken, um, because it's one of the things when I talk about it, I get the most response because people, you know, drugs or alcohol, you don't need drugs or alcohol to live. But like you have to have food. You you mm. have. And so it's like you have to find this healthy relationship with food and also being in the entertainment like the public it's really tough don't you feel like now that you're aware of like unhealthy language around food and diet culture that you realize how toxic all of us are (laughs) like now that I'm like aware of these things when I'm out to dinner with friends or family I notice how they're like oh I'm gonna have that but like I can't have the fries today or like, oh, like I'm vegetarian this month or I'm like everyone's so aware and everyone is restricting themselves in some capacity. Yeah. At all times. And I'm just like, holy shit, like we all like have this mentality because it's just been hammered into our head. Like there's very few people that just like eat freely without looking at food as like good items or bad items. And we live in a society of improvement, right? I mean, and it's like, even if you're skinny, then it's like anti-aging, you know? It's like you have to do things. Or you're too skinny. Or you're too skinny, you know? Um, And yeah, I mean, we are constantly in a society, right? Where all we do is buy products to look better, you know? And it's like, I'm guilty of it too. I was thinking about this with um, Khloe Kardashian and Kim Kardashian lately because obviously Khloe's so thin and fit and Kim, since the Marilyn Monroe dress, has been like the thinnest. And like, I just look at them and I'm like, oh, they're beautiful. But I was with someone and they were like, Kim looks amazing, but she's like a little too skinny now. And in my head, I was like, how could anyone win? Like, yeah, you can't, right? You're too fat. You're too big. Now you're too skinny. Your butt's too big. Now she got her implants out. Now she got this. Now she, it's like, why can't we just exist without people like criticizing every little thing? And like, I'm super aware of it now. So like when I look at people's bodies, like I don't try to talk like that because it's so freaking toxic. How okay? So tell me about like obviously you have great guests on your show, Leah McSweeney, you know, former Real Housewives of New mm-hmm. York, Hannah Burner, the very famous comedian. Um, you know, what's your relationship with pop culture now? You obviously love the Kardashians, but do you still enjoy talking about it? Or now with this kind of whole next step in your career, what do you want to talk about? No, I mean I love it. I I am a pop culture girl, like. I eat, sleep, breathe it. Like I grew up watching The Real World instead of watching like Nickelodeon. So for me, I think the thing is, you know, when you make your hobby your job, you don't like it as much. I think when it's when I was being forced to talk about it, I didn't want to. Whereas now what I do is I my podcast is segmented. So I open up and I catch everyone up to date on like what's been going on in my life. Like this week I told a story about how I wore a panty liner in a pool this past weekend. And when I went to the bathroom, it was nowhere to be found. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it's floating around in the pool. Like, I have no idea. Oh, my God. That would happen to me, too. Like, I mean, literally, just someone would come up from a dive and then their face would be in my panty liner. (laughs) Yeah, so... So that's me. So I, I start my podcast by like catching people over my personal life, like what's going on, any stories, anything that happened, trips I've booked, friends I'm beefing with, whatever it is. And then I interview someone. So sometimes that's a pop culture person. Like next week I'm doing Dolores from Real Housewives of New Jersey. And then sometimes it's like 
I just had some girl, um, her name is Jen Curley on from TikTok. Her handle's Snack Queen. And we talk about eating disorders the whole time. So like, mm. it doesn't, I, I've had on doctors. I've had on um, psychics. I've had the gamut. Like my whole podcast concept is literally, I try to think of it through the lens of like, what do I want to listen to as a listener? Yeah. Like, what yeah. are my interests? And then I have those kinds of conversations. So last two weeks ago, it was like, I had someone on to talk about female hormones and cycle syncing. And then I'll have on someone from Bravo. Um, so I'll do the guest interview. And then I do an, an advice segment called Ask Alyssa. And then my final segment is Spill the Tea, where that's where we like, dive into like the Kravis wedding, um, like Mormon <laughs> swinger TikTok. Like, we get into like the juice of like what's going on in pop culture. Tell me, how do you think the Kardashians are doing on Hulu? I have to say, I've been experiencing Kardashian burnout. I love them. I love yeah. everything about them. But I just, I don't know. When was it? Maybe like a year ago, I guess and I, I do a lot on reviews on TLC shows. Like I'm obsessed with like I Love a Mama's Boy and 90 Day Fiance. So I guess I've just – and now I have a child, which I know you're an auntie. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, so I'm kind of just like figuring my time, like what I want to spend my time on. So I really – I haven't watched the Kardashians on Hulu. Do you think that it's as good as it was when it was on E? Oh, it's 10 times better. Really? Yeah. Oh, and now I might have to Okay, why? Why? Um, it's less gimmicky. Like they're not like we're gonna toilet paper Chris's house today and play a prank and go ghost hunting. It's like okay, Kim is working on prison reform, so we're gonna focus on someone that she's trying to exonerate from prison this episode, and then the next episode, like Courtney's forty something and wants a kid, so we're gonna focus on her. Um, fertility journey it's like they take one topic and they focus on that versus these like family skits it's kind of more like docu-series style um it feels a lot more like real and less kind of like produced yeah I agree. I agree. I mean, that was kind of by the end of it on E. It was like, I agree with you. It was so stupid like them, whatever, toilet I like, paper. Come on. This is us. This I know. Is, yeah. It was so dumb. What are some of your other, what are your go-to favorite reality shows? Okay. So my, what I talk about is different than what I love because, which like maybe I should talk about what I love more, but whenever I talk about the shit I love, everyone's like, we don't watch that. It's like, <laughs> don't you feel like the people that watch like TLC shows and MTV shows they're like niche. Like very I niche. Love, yes, yeah. it's very niche. It's more like, quote unquote, popular to talk about Bravo and the Kardashians totally. than it is to talk about whatever the Mama's Boy show that you're talking about. Um, so what I love is The Challenge, obsessed on MTV. I've watched it forever. Okay. Um, but I'll talk about it like here and there. When I do, there's certain people that love it. But if I just did like – if I had a cast member on and just had someone from that show, like I wouldn't get that many listens because my audience just doesn't care as much as me. <laughs> yeah. I know what so, you're saying. Yeah. So I get my fix by listening to like challenge podcasts. Um, and then I love, what else do I love on MTV? Oh, I watched Siesta Key. I'm trying to think what else I watch on MTV. That's like good. Um, I watch Big Brother, Survivor, like, do you? You're a Survivor yeah. fan, too. My husband loves Survivor. I'm like, why are you watching this? And I think it's like the longest. Like this year. Like, it's not. So oh, it's what new. happened okay. was, um, because I love the challenge, they started 
um, widening their casting net and casting people from other reality shows. And like my favorite reality show of all time is Love Island UK. And that I do talk about because I just want to force it down everyone's throats. So like everyone (laughs) in the world watches Love Island UK because it's the best show on television. So no, like it is. So I started watching Love Island UK and I've always loved the challenge. What happened was the challenge started casting people from other shows and other networks. So they started casting people from Love Island UK, from Love Island US, Mm -hmm. from Big Brother, from Survivor. So what happened was because I love the challenge so much, I would go watch the seasons that they were on on these other shows. So that's what brought me to Big Brother. That's what brought me to Survivor. Because I'm like, I need to know their backstory. So now I'm like this huge like CBS <laughs> fan. And I'm like, how did I even get here so late in life? <laughs> no, I can relate. I mean, I can relate. And you and I, you and I watch Married at First Sight, which I'm also uh, obsessed love. with. And I know. And yeah. I was saying to you, I, like I watched all the way till the end. And then I didn't know which couples were together or not. And then you were filling you know what's me in. so weird? I kind of gave up too it got really boring yeah and then I just fast forward I read the spoilers and then I just fast forwarded to like the decision day to see what they said me too and you clued me in that Steve and Noy are still together which I'm blown Mm -hmm. away because I couldn't stand like how you know she was after him all the time to have like a traditional job and then I kind of wanted Lindsay and Mark to work I don't know same but at the reunion which I did watch because I wanted the tea they basically it showed her in a very different light. Because part of me was like, okay, like she's a lot, but she's so loving. So like put up with it. And then at the reunion, I think he had said stuff and I don't want to like misquote, but he had said that she had called him like a low life, you know, like a scumbag. Like she was like very verbally um, gross towards him. And just like, she seemed really arrogant. Like she was like, yeah, I moved to California because like it's just much more my intellectually my speed okay okay (laughs) like she was just so condescending and like basically kept saying like he was zero percent intellectual which is just such a slap in the face even if it's true you don't say it yeah come on Like, no. it was just a lot. So I was like, okay, she sounds like a handful. Yeah, I, I, yeah, she was. I mean, it was like, I just, I felt like they were such a good pair at first. I and know, then, I get it. Oh, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay, tell it, well, first of all, you became an auntie for the first time. You have a yeah. sister. You feature yes. your family on your show. Your dad is hot. I love, like, the video. He's so cute. People <laughs> always comment that. And I'm like, stop, guys, you're gross. embarrassing me. <laughs> Okay, tell me about your parents. Are they in the entertainment business? Were they, like, in media? Oh, my God. No, I'm, like, from this traditional, like, Italian family who, if you told them 15 years ago, I'd be, like, talking about therapy online, they'd probably die. Like, but now they're so used to me that they literally don't care. They hardly listen. They don't care what I say. Like, they, I think, have enough trust in me that I'm not going to, like, ruin the family at this point. (laughs) So they just, like, let me go wild. But in the beginning, my mom would call me after every episode and be like, it was really good, but you cursed too much. Yes. mom. You know? And now they're just like, whatever. Like, they don't care. (laughs) And they, like, they really support me. Like, the first thing, when I called them and told them that um, everything happened with Barstool, they were like, they literally didn't flinch. Like, my mom was like, all right, well, I believe in you. And, like, I think this next chapter is even better. Like, they literally didn't even bat an eye. So I was like, okay. Like, yeah, if they're good. good with it, yeah, you know you know it's the right decision, you know? Well, it took them a few years to get what I do. 
And now that they see I can make money and that I do it, they like, they just trust that I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's so new, right? This whole era of influencer. And I'm actually curious, like, what you think is going to be the next evolution. Because we hear from people all the time, like, the fat Jewish was famous for always saying this. Like, the mm. influencer is dying. I mean, do you think that's true? Do you think that... No. You don't? Okay. Emma Chamberlain, much younger than us, she's like the Gen Z Oprah. She, oh my God, that's like such a compliment. She, But she is. <laughs> they love her. Like, what Emma, Emma Chamberlain says is gospel. She just went on like a podcast rant, two episodes long, about how everyone's influencers and influencers are dying because everyone is one. And like, I love her and I've always agreed with everything she says except this. Okay, it might feel like everyone is influencers in her world because she lives in LA, but like, think about your friends. If you have 10 friends, maybe one of them has a small social following. Like, you don't walk around the street with like influencers like crawling out of everywhere. Like I think she made it sound like too many people are doing this um, and not everyone wants to. And I think we're billboards. Like it's just a new form of marketing and it's not going away. People said that when Twitter happened, then Facebook, then Instagram. And then look, TikTok literally came out of thin air. Oh, like, I love it. It's TikTok. never going to go away. Like it's just – There'll be a new thing. Yeah. No, it's so true. That's such a great way to put it. And it's hard. You know, it is hard to get a following. Even now on TikTok, like oh, yeah. even TikTok's algorithm is changing all the time. So it's very difficult to like gain a following. So it's like if you have that, it's something very valuable that you have. Yeah, it's tough because like I I grew like 250,000 followers in like a month. And then I haven't grown. I've only grew 60,000 in a year. Yeah, sixty thousand is still so much, but my point is, a month versus a year, like things definitely have slowed. And then you have people like Emily Mariko who like makes salmon on TikTok and gets eight million followers in a month. So you just never know. You just got to be yourself, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah. I think there's always going to be room for everyone. And there's so many people now that we see, like the people that did become really famous on TikTok during quarantine aren't really TikTokers. Like Addison Rae, Dixie D'Amelio, Charlie, like they're household names now. They're not just, they don't hardly even post on the app. They've like yeah, ricocheted it into so many other things. Um, Alyssa, this has been so great. I'm curious like what you're, I know you're kind of feeling out all these different opportunities that yeah. are coming your way, but what do you feel like is your next step? Like where are we going to see you next? So my goal is, um, okay, so always do the podcast. Like I love doing it. I love my community. But what I love most about the podcast is my live shows because I get to meet everybody. Yes. And like, that to me. And more so than me meeting them, they meet each other. And like that means the world to me because I just love, I'm such a connector. Like I love connecting people. So for me to like host these events and have everyone meet, I hope to do more of those. Like I'd love to go on a like little mini tour, nothing wild. Um, so more of that, more events, like I said, bringing people together. And I really want to start going back on TV because um, – during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of segments with the Today Show, and I've done some stuff with Amazon 
fashion. And what I really want to do, my biggest goal is to get on E! News, even if it's for one segment oh once my God. in my life. Please, I hope they hire you. Like, <laughs> E! Needs, you know what I mean? They just, they, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I'm just praying for like a great show, a great stand. You know what I mean? I miss the Juliana Rancic days. Yes. I know, I miss, and of course, you know, Joan was like irreplaceable, but I miss the old school fashion police so much. I mean, that was like the network. You know, you you had oh, to best. be watching E! And it's struggled so much in the past couple of years. It's so I hard. Know. So <sighs> even just to do anything in any capacity with them um, is next on my list and writing a book or two. So those are just the things I want to do. I'm always, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm obsessed with television and I love to see like what works and what doesn't work. And as you know, there's so many TV options, right? What do you think is missing at E? Like if you, if they were like, okay, Alyssa, because you know, you're going to manifest this. They're going to be calling. <laughs> what do you mm-hmm. think is like, What's missing on E? What does E need? What I was thinking recently was like during the Met Gala, I was live covering what everyone was wearing and I was putting it out quicker than E. And Mm. people were coming to my page. I got like 6 million views that night and people were coming to my page saying, you put this out quicker than E. And then E cut the feeds before we even got to see Kim in her dress. I kind of feel like they need a correspondent on social media, on the ground get it dropping everything because like think about it like articles while you could like pre-plan them all you want they still take time to publish and get out there and um tv's on a delay so like i feel like they need like an on the ground person that has like the inside look before the other news outlets get it yes oh my god okay that just gave me a little bit of goosebumps like that might right. be for you that clip is like Okay, I am so glad we could sit down and do this. I do. I I want to just ask you really quickly. What is your manifesting mm-hmm. secret? Do you, um, is there something you do? I've I heard a podcast. I don't know if you were journal. I you would. I think it was an app that you had. Didn't it like you write no. something and then it disappeared or something? Oh Are my you God. talking about the the Indian psychic in Paris? <laughs> No, but now I want to hear about that. Tell me about that. Okay, maybe we got to go to Paris to this Indian psychic. Okay, I was in Paris last month. Long story short, I had just bought myself a Chanel bag, which was like my dream purchase. Like one of those like life achievements where I was like, when I'm successful, like I will buy a Chanel bag. Big girl bag, yes. It was was more about the um, meaning of it than the actual bag. So I'm like elated. I'm like walking through Paris alone. And this man comes up to me and he was like, you have – He's like, you have a very lucky face. You, um, good things are coming. And he just starts talking to me. So I like pause and he wasn't scary. Like he was young, dressed well. And he just started asking me questions and he pulled out a notebook and he was like, how old are you? And no, he, what did he say? He was like, um, what's your favorite flowers? And I said, wait, let me go back. He jotted stuff down on a paper, crumbled it up and handed it to me. So I'm holding this paper in my hand. And then he started asking me questions. He said, how old are you? I said, 31. He said, what's your favorite flowers? I said, peonies. Um, He said, what do you want out of life? Do you want success? Do you want fortune? Do you want love? And I was like, well, I feel like I'm like, success (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I will have fortune. Like, so what I'm missing is love. So he wrote love. And then he wrote, um, think of a number, any number. And I was like, between 100? He's like, no, any number. So I'm like, okay, 21. He writes it down. And then he's like telling me all these things like, 
your greatest joys coming these next three months are going to be huge for you. You have this opportunity coming, blah, 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 giving me this whole reading. And at the end of it, he goes, now open the piece of paper in your hand. And when I opened it, it was what he'd written down before he asked me any questions. And it said, peonies 31, 21, love. What? Okay, that's like, all right, I actually might have gone and seen that one. What? <laughs> like, I have it framed over there. I don't blame you. Wait, th- he just came up to you on the street? That's kind of wild. And I was wow. sobbing. <laughs> and my friend, I was supposed to meet my friend for dinner, and she texted me, where are you? And I said, BRB with an Indian man sobbing on the street. And she's like, what? Like, where are you? Like, And then finally I show up to dinner, and I was like, so shook, I couldn't even speak. I was like, I, I just don't even know what to tell you. So anyway, long story short, the like when you're open to signs, like yeah. I truly believe they come to you. And like I had interviewed the psychic and right before like my job shit kind of hit the fan, she texted me three weeks before and was like, hey, Lisa, I've been thinking about you. You're not making enough passive income. Um, we should chat. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I had all these signs yeah. coming to me and like these people reaching out to me because when you're open to it, like these things come. So I think that's why I feel so at peace right now because like two psychics have both separately told me these next three months are going to be amazing. So I'm just like, <laughs> you're resting in that. <laughs> you're like, fuck it. It's all going to be good. I'm all good. So like I um. think with manifesting and one, it's like a willingness and being open and mm. two, it's about I don't think manifesting is just being like, I want to own a Range Rover one day. It's like, okay, I want to own a Range Rover, but how am I going to work my ass off so I have enough money so I could have one? So it's like, to me, it's wanting something and then taking action towards getting it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think people miss that part. They feel like they can just like imagine something and it's going to happen. You don't have to put any work towards it. But it is like the power of thinking about it, setting a goal, working towards it, positive thinking. I mean, you have a great outlook. You can tell just by like this next chapter in your life and what happened with Barstool. You know, a lot of people would be so bitter and like not even ready to speak about it. But you can tell with you that you're like, no, it was it was what it was meant to do. I'm on to bigger things. I'm on to better things. We tried it. I mean, that's such a great attitude to have. Well, because I really think, and if there's like one thing I could leave people with, it's like the more like self-work you do and the more you know yourself, like yeah, I'm just really learning to trust my intuition. So like I knew things weren't good. I knew something had to give. So when it gave, I was like, oh, thank God I feel so much lighter. Like yeah. if you're just like in tune with yourself and – like I kept getting intuitive thoughts and then questioning them. And then it was actually my therapist who said to me, she was like, you're having too many signs to ignore your intuition. Like if you feel it, like stop doubting it, you know, the answer. So like you just have to really just like be sure of yourself and like what you know. And the more like awareness and assurance you have I think it's like the more comfort you have in a sense totally it takes a while to get there don't get me wrong (laughs) it does right it takes some trial and error and you know yeah having faith and putting it out there and Anyway, you're you're amazing. I cannot wait to keep oh, following. Tea with Publicity is the podcast where you can listen to Alyssa yes. every single week. Um, you're obviously, we're going to be following your journey for the next steps and seeing those decisions. And then it's Publicity on Instagram, right? Yes. So um, if you guys haven't caught on, it's a play on words between publicist and list my nickname. So it's P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y. Awesome. And on TikTok. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Amazing. Thank you. You are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, ditto.